0: How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? What's the real truth about Citizen Kane? It'll probably turn out to be a very simple thing.
1: Hello, everybody. We hope you're doing well. I'm Parker. And I'm Max. And welcome back to another episode of Better Than Citizen Kane, the highly subjective show where we look at a movie and ask the question, Is it better than Citizen Kane?
0: Each week on this show we take a look at a movie, whether it be old or new, criticized or praised, and look at it through three pieces of criteria. Historical and technical relevance, how well is it doing what it's trying to do, and how does it connect with us emotionally, or in other words, do we like it?
1: And if you like Citizen Kane, that's fine, because we're not here to hate on it. But when every movie ever made is a reasonable contender for the title of greatest film of all time, you have to wonder, is there something better than Citizen Kane?
0: And so far... Yes, this is our first episode of 2024, which means we've been doing this show for a full year, and since we started the show, we've covered 24 films released between 1927 and 2023, 15 of which have been named better than Citizen Kane by us. Again, by us. But while we've talked a lot about Kane sporadically over the last year, we never debated a full episode to it, so we thought, why not return to Citizen Kane after a full year of saying movies are better than it? Have our opinions changed? Did we learn something in the last year? For me, maybe. For Parker, I don't think so. Parker, where are you at with Citizen Kane a year into this podcast? Oh, you know, that's a
1: great question. I was thinking a lot about this episode in the lead up because, like, this episode, I imagine, is going to be very different because we're not going to get to the end of this and ask, is Citizen Kane better than Citizen Kane, right? What? 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 No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things... Um. First and foremost, a uh, full disclaimer to anybody listening. Uh, I have a little bit of a cold right now, so if I found if I sound a little gummy, a little sinusy, uh, apologies in advance for that. Um I'm going to try my best not to be sniffly on mic.
0: No, that that just happens so that all your opinions sound a little more annoying. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I I think. I do I think <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Um yeah.
1: So I don't know. It's been it's been an interesting ride over the last year. Um I think in some ways there have been movies we've watched that have really reaffirmed to me that like Citizen Kane is kind of a masterpiece and is really well made and put together. And then there are other movies we watch where I look at it and I'm like, man, this kind of leaves Citizen Kane to the dust for me. I don't know. <laughs> so it's it's been interesting. Like there have been some movies we've watched that have absolutely affirmed Kane for me and then others have only furthered my opinion that there's a lot of movies out there that I think are better than this. But uh, what about you, Max? Where have you where have you gone with yeah. Kane in the last year?
0: Yeah, so I rewatched Citizen Kane in the lead-up to this episode. Um, my third watch ever. So early hey, days hey. for me. Um, and I immediately sent a, a screen recording of me updating my Letterboxd review from <laughs> three and a half to four stars. And it felt monumental for me in the moment. Um, which yeah. is why I commemorated it with a screen recording and then sent to Parker and I said, oh shit, oh fuck. Because um, that's the kind of person that I am when I text Naturally, Parker. Naturally, yes. Um, I don't know, man. This this watch, I was like kind of vibing with it. Um, okay. I really do like a lot of what the other characters are saying about Kane. Mm-hmm. And like paying more attention to how all these people actually talk about him. Um. I love because I love that this journalist is like, I'm going to go ask everyone that ever knew him and loved him, like everyone in his life. And they're Mm -hmm. all just kind of like, yeah, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I thought that was really fun. Um, I think that, I don't know. There's just some real, I mean, obviously there's just some really great, like lines in this, like it's just incredibly yeah. well written, which is something that we didn't really talk about. And I re-listened to our Vertigo episode from last year, which is where we kind of split our discussion into talking mm-hmm. about Citizen Kane and talking about Vertigo. Um, and yeah, like Mankiewicz's script for this, slash Wells's script for this, if you if you believe in raising Kane, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, uh, you know, it's or rather, sorry, vice versa. I should yeah. say the ghost of Pauline Kale is about to come and choke me out. <laughs> um but you know I don't know. It just I can't even specify exactly, but this time I was just I was vibing with it. It's still kinda you know, I still think that there's like especially um Leland's section goes on mm-hmm. for a really long time. Like we had a really nice framing device of like, okay, here's every person and like their perspective and their memories of him. And I feel like Leland still goes on a little long for me, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I Mm -hmm. just really, this time, and this is not a great discussion, (laughs) but I just really, I don't know. I just really liked what it was saying. I don't know. Yeah. It it vibed with me. And the line that really stood out to me that I do want to bring up, because last year when we talked about this and we've talked about it, I mean, throughout the last year, we've talked about Kane at least once every two weeks, which is wild to me. I mean, without really talking about it, obviously. But, um, the line that really stood out to me is right at the end when Susan, is leaving Charlie when she's losing when she's leaving Charlie Foster Kane, you know Charles, whatever, and he's like, so I can't remember exactly what he says, but then she goes, Oh, I see. So it's you who this is being done to. It's not me at all. Mm-hmm. Not how I feel. And that's the last thing she says to him. And I feel like I don't know. Like I really like looking at the film through that lens of like, yeah, this is Citizen Kane, but like if you look at it as like, okay this isn't about what's happening to Kane. It's about Mm
1: -hmm. like
0: what he did to everyone else. Like he literally has the line where he's like, my readers like think what I tell them to think. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's fun. It's like primarily kind of about just his manipulation and influence on everyone else around him. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. That's just, that's kind of how I was vibing with it this time was I was like, Oh, Mm -hmm. maybe, Maybe this diss track yes. of a movie about like William Hurst, but all like William Randolph Hurst, but also a bunch of other tycoons at the time, mm-hmm. is actually not asking us to be sympathetic.
1: <laughs> Maybe
0: right. it's asking us to hate him and pity yeah. him. There's a difference between sympathy and pity. Mm-hmm. And at the end here, when um, when Thompson says, "You know, I st- I st- I'm kind of starting to feel bad for the guy," he says that to Susan,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I was like, right. And she's like, you know, I think I do too. And it's like, right, but it's not sympathy. It's pity. It's not like, oh, I'm so right. sorry. That happened to you. It's boo hoo. That happened to you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh sure. no. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Charlie got all the things a man could ever have, but he still wasn't happy because he wanted his childhood. Yeah. Man, it would suck to be owned by a bank. Anyway. <laughs>
1: That's a lot of
0: uh, rambling thoughts. I can never thoughts. fully
1: wrap my head around that when I watch
0: this movie. I still, like, this child is owned by a bank. I still don't under... Was that something that was happening? Did yeah. that happen? Did that happen to somebody who wrote the movie or someone they're writing the movie about? Like, was someone... Were children regularly It happened to by Gary banks?
1: Oldman as plain Mank. Not Mank himself, but to no, Gary but Oldman. The
0: backstory for Gary Oldman as Mank is that he yes. was owned by a bank himself. Uh-huh. And he's yeah, like, exactly. oh, I was owned by a bank. I don't remember what he said. That's, that. why, that's why
1: it's Mank instead of bank. That's where oh, it comes from. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Got it. Short for man bank.
1: <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> oh, man. I
0: don't know. That was kind of rambling, but that's how I'm kicking yeah, off the no, episode. I think apparently. that's fair. Yeah, Should I think we... that's a good... Yeah, my relationship with this is that for two times I watched, the first time I watched it, I went, this is boring and not great. Mm-hmm. And then I grew up, and the second, watch I, <laughs> the second watch I did was like, this is fine, it's really beautiful, mm-hmm. but it's fine. Um, and now I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but I, do, you, do we want to... This is an interesting situation, because mm-hmm. I feel like I just talked a lot about what I'm feeling but the episode can't be like 10 minutes. Right. So should we um, go through well, it like we do with movies typically? Yeah, I think
1: I think we should. I think I don't we we kind of did a rush job of that with the Vertigo episode just cuz we were trying to fit two in. So let's yeah. let's let's give let's give the full synopsis, let's give a review, you know, an overview of everything and we'll kind of chime in as we go. Uh, do you want to you want to spearhead
0: that? Yeah, I do. Okay. All right. I do, Parker. I do. You Thanks seem enthused. Asking. I wanted to give you the floor. Thanks for finally asking me. to to sum up the movie. Yeah, uh,
1: 2024 is going to be a year of you summing up exclusively. Um, My goal is that by the end of the year, my cumulative airtime is only about seven minutes total. So we're (laughs) just going to be listening to you a lot. And it's it's really front-loaded right now because you've been talking a lot. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) Exactly, I'm trying to get it out of the way and then I can just be silent the rest of the year. (laughs) I'll have a static PNG of me just like,
0: that's really funny. Um, <laughs> all right. Citizen Kane. All right. All right. Here we go. We open on a no trespassing sign. Hmm. Pans up. Xanadu. Big castle on a hill. There's rats and monkeys and shit. Um, we enter the house. The hmm. camera enters the house. A man drops a snow globe and goes, Rosebud. And it breaks. And then someone enters the room. Cut to... News on the March. Uh, That counts towards your seven minutes, Barker. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, so News on the March. A big newsreel plays detailing the life of Charles Foster Kane, the man with the sixth largest fortune in the world. Uh, And it just talks about his life. And I think it's a really interesting way to open the movie. I know that last year, and we've talked about it before, it's like, It goes on for quite a long time to the point that I think when last year when you were showing it to someone, they were like, is this what the whole movie is? Yeah. Um, Which is objectively very funny to imagine sitting someone down for the greatest film of all time and it's just a newsreel. Mm -hmm. Um, That'd be really funny. Good prank. Um, (laughs) You just cut it after he dies. That's the end of the movie. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, newsreel plays. We learn about this man. He uh, owned the Inquirer, which is a newspaper Mm -hmm. in New York, uh, which... Ended up also having like radio broadcasts and also a bunch of other stuff. He was a busy man and he was really really rich. He built yeah. a giant castle called Xanadu, and it's called like Xanadu's landlord. That's like the name of the newsreel. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that he, at one point, he, you know, I think it's it has a, it's like a, a kind of a funny joke um, of it being like of <laughs> them being like he endorsed world leaders and then later renounced world leaders or something. And it shows like a video of him with Hitler. Yeah. Um, in the newsreel, he also like, there's like an interview where he's like, we're not going to war. I don't think Europe's going to war. That's never going to happen. Uh, and then question for you. I couldn't yeah. tell. And knowing,
1: knowing the technology at the time, I think I know the answer, but like, again, I watched this while I was sick. And so I wasn't a hundred percent like clear, but is that's obvious. Like that's an actor playing Adolf Hitler, right? Like they didn't splice him into I thought news the same footage,
0: thing, right? And it looks too natural for it to be spliced at the time so, right that's
1: that's that was my thing Is i was watching it's like did they forest gump this but it, it looks too clean it, it i think it's just actors yeah and it's enough yeah. distance away that like you get the idea but i was just wondering that this time i was like is that actual footage but
0: anyway, no i don't think continue. so um yeah it's really well done though like never once have i gone that's not hitler <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know. um also i think we talked about in in one of the, was it this movie last year when we were talking about a movie, we mentioned like the first use of found footage or something. There's a movie Mm -hmm. we were talking about that had that, but also citizen Kane has a bit of that. Like it has that loose, like news paparazzi through the fence vibe, which is like super, super modern. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically just as he got older, he had like two divorces. It's laying out his entire life, which is super interesting because it lays out his entire life. And then we see what really happened through people's perspectives of what Mm -hmm. happened. Which I think is an act- actually a very interesting structure to not have any surprises for us. We know most of what happened throughout this. Like the like the few surprises are like Gettys being the one who orchestrates the, you know, the reveal, and that Kane like willingly allows that to leak and ruins his political chances. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of laying out the events of his life, and uh, in the end, he was a recluse at Xanadu, and he died, and the newsreel finishes. And uh, all the journalists in the room have some really good, fun journalist banter um, Mm -hmm. where they're like, "Eh, I don't know, you know, I don't know. It's exactly what they say. I don't know why I'm doing like Lego Citizen Kane. (laughs) Now that's a fun idea. There you go. (laughs) I'd I'd watch. Yeah, I'd play Lego Citizen Kane. (laughs) Do you play as Thompson? I guess. I guess. Oh, man. Just the co-op goes crazy. Anyway. (laughs) Um, yeah so it wraps up and they're like and like the main boss is like ugh like this is great but there's no angle we need an angle what was his last words let's find out what his last words mean and they're like don't you read the newspapers it was Rosebud and he's like well, what does Rosebud mean um, and so he tasks Thompson with mm-hmm. going to find out what Rosebud means and Thompson's like alright I'll go talk to everyone that knew him mm-hmm. so first he goes to Kane's second wife Susan Alexander a washed up singer um, mm-hmm. and he goes to her and she doesn't want to talk to him so then he goes to the, like, private collection of yeah. Thatcher, Mr. Thatcher, mm-hmm. who was the owner of the bank that owned Kane. Yeah. Um, So, like, his weird like bank legal father guardian. figure. Like, legal guardian, because the bank yeah. is the legal guardian of a boy. And I still mm-hmm. – they really just kind of brush past that. Yeah. Um, maybe they don't, and I just never catch the line. But I feel like there isn't a line where they're like, and here's why. <laughs> no,
1: it's just – it's essentially just that, like – you can extrapolate it from the scene with the mom where they come into money because she runs a boarding house and a guy right. is unable to pay. So he gives them a deed to this mine that he thinks is worthless. And then it's actually what the third like, richest mine in the world or something yeah, like that. It's like a
0: silver mine, right? Something yeah. Like that. Yeah.
1: Um, and so suddenly they're into money and it was signed away exclusively to her. It wasn't signed away to Mr. Kane as well. And so because of that, She has all the legal say with it. She says we're going to provide for our son with this, and I'm going to get him where I'm going to put him where you can't get at him. Because at a certain point, he's he's talking about like, you know, Cain accosts Thatcher with his sled, and uh, his dad is like, "What he needs is good thrashing," and his mom's like, "That's why he's going where he's you you can't get at him," right? Which is. I don't know why her solution is, yeah, the bank will become well, guardian of my but child. also,
0: that also could feel like an indictment of American capitalism in a way. Right. right. Of like, well, if you can't protect your son from your horrible husband, give him to the banks. Trust mm-hmm. him to the system, you know? Like, right. Maybe. Yeah. But that's kind of the first flashback we get from Thatcher, correct? Is, mm-hmm. is him meeting Kane for the first yeah. time. And it's stunning. It's gorgeous stunning. to look at. That yeah. wonderful first, like showing him, like Kane as a boy playing in the snow, pulling back into the room. Wow, mm-hmm. studied that in film school. It's almost like I studied it for a reason because this movie's really well directed. It is. Um, and so, yeah. So that's like the first flashback, and then we, I completely forgot this shot is in the movie, but right mm-hmm. after that, it cuts to Christmas time, and Charlie opens a package and it's a new sled,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, and Thatcher's like. Like, Merry Christmas, Charlie, or whatever. Yeah. Right? Something like that. hmm And I really like that. I really, I really latched on to new sled, not the same as the old sled mm-hmm. um, this time around, which I really like. Yeah. Anyway, just throwing that out there. No, good. Um, I like that everyone listening to this is going to be like, oh, so Max finally actually watched the movie. <laughs> oh,
1: Max watched the movie? Max oh, he actually watched the
0: movie this time while wow, he's paying oh, wow. attention?
1: Oh, man, that's crazy. I don't
0: know. Maybe it just takes me four times of watching a movie before I actually get it. All right? I'm still finding <laughs> meaning in Knives Out and Local Hero. Leave me alone. Um sure. Anyway. So then uh, Charlie grows up, and later mm-hmm. he's a man, and he, yep. they send him a, a letter. The bank sends him a letter. But they're like, here's everything that you own now that you're 25, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he writes back, and he goes, actually, I don't want any of that. I want the I newspaper. Like newspaper. I think it would be fun to run a newspaper, which is really funny. And also it has like the funniest moment in the movie where Thatcher goes, I think it would be fun to run a newspaper. And then he looks right at camera exasperated. And Ooh. then it's a montage of him reading, <laughs> right? Just is this headlines. Where reading like yeah, headlines yeah. from mm-hmm. the inquirer and just keeps turning to camera and just being like, "Ugh," and it's really funny. I don't know. Yeah. I just think that's really funny. Um, and then uh eventually Thatcher's really old and has one of my favorite lines in the movie where they're what is what's exactly happening? It's an exchange is happening, right? Where it's like is yeah. Kane buying the bank or is the bank buying the inquirer? I couldn't I think the bank I think the bank is buying the inquirer. Yeah, I think that's what I it think. is because he like ran into the ground a little bit because he's older. Yeah. So now he's in his losing he's in his L phase of his life. Yeah, he's in his L phase. Kane Kane's life can be charted in W's and then big L's.
1: Actually, um, when Mankiewicz and uh, Wells were working on the script, the outline was literally just a chart that said, um, It's so over, we're so back, over and over and (laughs) over again. That's how they charted the movie. One life contained into a multitude of It's so overs and we're so unbelievably back.
0: (laughs) Right. Charlie gets sold to a bank. It's so over. It's so over. Later, he buys a newspaper. We're so back. We're so back. <laughs> Runs a newspaper. Gets the guys from the Chronicle. We're so back. We're so back. And then, you know, doesn't yeah. become governor. It's so over. Yep. Wow.
1: Eventually, that, we get to the point where it is so over that the camera literally has to go below floor level <laughs> to show us just how over it is.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, good. 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 Where's Kane posting? <laughs> Let's bring Kane posting to TikTok and Twitter. You know? Yeah, come on. Man. Yeah, come on, guys. Come hey, on, film Twitter. Twelve Let's Angry
1: just... Men got a huge resurgence on TikTok. I'm sure. I'm sure Citizen Kane can too. Oh,
0: just like I would love to open TikTok at once every three months when I remember that I have a TikTok, and I if I were to open it, and it was just Citizen Kane TikToks. So I'd be like, Incredible. this is great. This is really good. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. There's you said the scene that where has a line scene... that you like. Well, there's a line that I really like where. Kane is like, you know, I think if I hadn't been rich, I would have been a great man. And Thatcher's mm-hmm. like, you don't think you were? And he's like, I think I did the best I could. Yeah. Or I think I made the most of it or something like that. And mm-hmm. I just really like that sentiment because it is really complicated because he does spend most of his life being like, I'm a revolutionary young guy. I'm changing the newspaper. I'm telling lies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is really cool back then. It was cool to tell lies back then in sure. the news. Um I don't know. It's just like an interesting line from that character at that time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, Thatcher's done. Thompson is, has to leave the, the little collection. The lady mm-hmm. comes in. It's like, it's 4.30. Get out. Yeah. And then he goes to talk to Bernstein, correct? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, he goes to Bernstein, who is the most little guy in the movie. The littlest. I think if there's a little guy in the movie, it's Bernstein. Because mm-hmm. he's just like, oh, uh, Kane, like Charles, uh, uh, you know, it's great. Yeah. Um. So he's really old, and he's got a giant framed photo of Kane, which is naturally yeah. Parker. When I die, if you don't have that <sighs> of me,
1: I'm, I'll, I'll think about it.
0: All right. I'm working. I mean, on it. I guess I'm more of the Bernstein, like just <laughs> physically and <laughs> vocally.
1: So, <laughs> okay, I will begrudgingly I take the
0: cane. I'll have a giant poster <laughs> of you. You better. <laughs> and Bernstein's like yeah here's some great stories about him mm-hmm. right Bernstein's yeah. like yeah he took over the newspaper we did some also feels like when they take over the newspaper we are just like starving for a musical number yeah <laughs> just just Naturally. me just yeah, me I, feels I'm like it's, it just feels like such like a singing in the rain style time yeah. where it's like yeah these three guys could like you know do dances hey, around you, do you dances around yeah
1: you know? Not them specifically, but you do no, get a but a little life.
0: later we do, which I also completely forgot was in the movie, so maybe this is the first time I saw Citizen Kane,
1: yeah, I think it might have been. I don't think you watched this last time, no. I think you watched vertigo, and then you're like, Parker will take the other one. <laughs> that's what I think, and happened.
0: then I continued to do that for the rest of the year. I just went yeah. parker's, parkers seen the movie, he can take it, yeah exactly. um really funny, really funny stuff to to discredit my um. You know, my, I can't even think of the word. So I'm really not doing a <laughs> good job. Your credentials. There we go.
1: <laughs> is this slander or libel? Which one's mm, written?
0: Libel's written, isn't it? So slander. No, that's what I thought. Okay, yeah. so it's libel's slander. Libel's in print. Oh. I run a newspaper. I don't. Um, <laughs> anyway, whatever. It was the Good Times. That's what Bernstein's function is here. The good it, was the, times. it was the Good Times. He got married. There was a big trophy. Yes. There was a big musical number where a bunch of girls came in and they danced around and they sang a song about Cain. And, mm-hmm. yeah, like, wonderful. I think that's all really fun. Sure. Um, very, like, 40s, like, ugh, the good old days, you know? The good old days. 40s movies do a really good job of showing characters in the good old days.
1: Yeah, because what, that would have been, in his timeline, is that 1910s, 1920s? I think
0: so, yeah. Because
1: he, he dies in 41, right?
0: Yeah. So And 20 years before that, he still would have been like, you know, Morgan. I think the age that he was when he was at the table with. Yeah, so he's yeah. like in his 30s. So that would have been the 1910s. Yeah, okay. What this movie really needs is giant, giant superimposed titles that tell us what year it is. I think so. Modern audiences being like, this movie could do with more uh
1: Where's the titles? big bold text Where's that this? just says New York every time we cut <laughs> to uh, exterior so that I know exactly where we are?
0: New York, 1910 oh okay thank you oh oh um yeah so then bernstein wraps up did i miss anything important from bernstein he just talks about the good times right
1: yeah they just like the the the, the big thing in this section that comes back later is when they're getting the paper together kane writes down his like declaration of principles
0: yes or and he publishes them mm-hmm.
1: and leland's like can i have this piece of paper like i think that's going right. to be important someday yeah I think that's the only other, like, that's true. plot-centric thing that happens in this section. Right, right, right.
0: Also, it sounds like it would have sucked to work at the Inquirer at the time. Because one time, Cain, like, finishes his Declaration of Principles, and he takes it to the guy. And he's like, you got to make this front page. And he's like, today's front page? And he goes, yep, which means you're going to have to do it a fourth time, huh? And the guy goes, mm-hmm. And I'm like, sir, go take a 15. You know? Yeah, please. B- breathe, you know? I'm so sorry that you've had to do this four times. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, that, thank you, Barker. Thank you for tracking the plot instead of my my um, rambling nonsense. So then, after Well, it's the first Cain... time you've
1: watched the movie, so it's understandable.
0: <laughs> wow. This is a really <laughs> funny joke that won't come back to hey, haunt you, me someday.
1: You set this up. I'm just running. Yeah. With it, all right.
0: Man, I, I'm really in my later Kane era now, aren't I? <laughs> it was all fun and games setting up the bit, and now I'm taking uh, all the L's.
1: Ah, uh, the good old days 20 minutes ago. <laughs>
0: So then he goes to Leland, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then he goes mm-hmm. to Leland, who is in a sanatorium, correct? Or is he just either in a sanatorium
1: hospital? or like an assisted living home? Hosti- yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I, I, That's probably I, I, it.
1: I think I think it's just like a I think it's like a home for the elderly. Yeah, but I could be wrong. I think
0: I think what really makes it eerie for me is just these still figures in the background sitting there mm-hmm. for a really long time. That just yeah. really made it feel eerie to me. Totally. Um, not that sanatoriums are eerie. Sure. But this one is. This one is. It's a little eerie. Anyway, so he goes to talk to Leland, and Leland has the most to say because Leland is kind of an antagonist to Kane in a way. They yeah. started out as friends uh, running the Enquirer together, and then over mm-hmm. time, he basically just got sick of Kane's shit. um Right? Basically? Yeah. So and this is Kane... coming
1: for us in two or three years, right? Like, at a certain point, yes. you're just going to get sick of me. And then you'll well, be no, my antagonist. Well, no, I'm
0: your Bernstein. Will is Oh, that's is, right. Will's, Will is your Oh, Leland.
1: Will is the Leland. I yeah. see. Yeah. He, he would be my antagonist. That's totally yeah. fair.
0: Yeah. Will yeah. just gets sick of your shit.
1: <laughs> Doesn't he always?
0: Asks for cigars in the assisted living home.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep.
0: Yep. All right. What does Leland talk about? He talks about the bad times, basically. He yeah. tells Yeah. He basically the truth. is like,
1: yeah. He's like, all right, here's, you heard all the fun stuff. Here's yeah. a lot of what actually happened, and here's how his marriage kind of fell apart.
0: Yeah, and it fell apart by him cheating and yeah. being a scumbag. Mm-hmm. He really Hamiltoned himself in this, didn't he? He really did. He really Hamiltoned himself by even willingly letting the rival post the papers that condemned yeah. him politically. And
1: like just the, the, the ironic hubris that already this would have been a bad look for him but then his wife is the president's niece, which yeah. makes it so much worse for him.
0: Yeah. It's just like, yeah. But also, but also, it's funny to me that this was at a time when they'd be like, the president's niece. And I'm like, I don't know if I know Joe Biden's niece. No clue. Don't think I could point her out. I remember when his granddaughter was on stage with him and everyone was like, who's she? Mm-hmm. And then people made jokes that she and Barron Trump would fall in love, which was sure. weird and funny. Um yeah. But I just don't know the president's nieces. I'm just unfamiliar. Yeah. But I guess this was at a time when there was a lot less going on. True. Um, and also, yeah, I guess it would be, like, big in the news. If you're yeah. marrying a newspaper guy and you're the president's niece, it would come. Yeah, I'm
1: sure, like, again, I'm sure if Elon Musk married <laughs> Joe Biden's niece, we would be hearing about it.
0: Okay, you're right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's just true. Just saying. I guess it's also fair because when they see... That they married, that he married her or whatever. I don't anyway, he lets him know. Anyway, yep. whatever. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that marriage fell apart because he was on a street corner one night muddy. Yeah, and got uh, splashed. Got splashed by a by an automobile. Mm-hmm. Um and, and he got this, laughed at. He got laughed at by a woman. By mm-hmm. a twenty what was how old is she? Twenty two in this movie? I think when so. When they first meet, she's like, I'm twenty yeah. two, and he's like, Oh. And I'm like, hmm.
1: I'm 48. For <laughs> yeah, he's audience. like, mm,
0: I'm whatever. Um, yeah. And he likes her because she doesn't know who he is. Right. And he's like, cool. This How is awesome. refreshing! How refreshing. Someone who doesn't think I'm intimidating or amazing or mm. you know hates me or loves me or whatever. It's just like a fresh sure. slate. And he's like, this yeah. is awesome. Love it when a young woman doesn't know who I am so that I can kind of manipulate her in that way. Ooh. But also, she... Tells him that her mother always wanted her to be a singer, but she never was. And he's like, hmm, what if you were? And he like desperately wants her to sing. Mm -hmm. Um, And later, I think Leland has a line of like, he, what is it? Hmm, He always wanted to like make things happen. I can't remember exactly what it was, but Susan's an example of it. Mm -hmm. Of like, Kane's big flaw is that he loved himself, and also, it's not it's not something like he wouldn't take no for an answer, but it's something like that. Isn't it? Yeah. Like
1: I'm trying to remember the exact phrasing, but yeah, I know. I not remember the exact phrasing,
0: about. but like basically like he would make anything happen. And he believed yeah. that he could make anything mm-hmm. happen. And so Susan's one of those things where he's like, right. Well, I think you can be a singer, so you're going to be a singer. Like that's yeah. how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way that like with his readers, he's like, Well, I tell them what to think, so they think what I tell them to. Right, yeah, he beca- he just starts to become really mean and just kind mm-hmm. of an ass. Um, and wealth and power will do that to you, Parker. Do sure. you think those movies about how wealth and power? Do you think, do you think power corrupts?
1: You know, I think you're the first person <laughs> to ever suggest that.
0: Yeah, I thought so.
1: I've As someone who just before. watched
0: Citizen Kane for the very, very first time, I think power corrupts
1: max and watching
0: the geopolitical landscape fall apart
1: <laughs> getting getting big citizen
0: Kane vibes from this <laughs> mm, getting big power corrupts vibes has anyone ever thought that before Has <laughs> anyone ever, ever anyone ever said that, that power might corrupt because i think that's a big thing that we should talk about mm-hmm. anyway uh <laughs> i really like the scene where he's giving his big speech mm-hmm. i think it's pretty good yeah
1: no it is yeah it's there's a reason it's iconic i think yeah
0: um and then, after the speech, <laughs> also, I was going to say, the casting in this is really good. I think the kid mm-hmm. that they got for young Kane looks a lot like Orson Welles. And I think yeah. that's really impressive. However, the kid playing Kane's kid, I don't know if he's great. Yeah. He's all right. I, li- I like it when they cut to him in the car and he's like, bye, father, as he like mm-hmm. drives away. I just thought that was a little bit funny. Yeah. Um, anyway, so his wife... Sends the kid home in a different car, mm-hmm. and then she's like, "You're coming with me, or you can come with me to take this call." I got this letter. She says yeah. an address, and Kane goes, "I'll come Grr. with you, and I'll come with you." So mm-hmm. they go, and there is uh, Getty's, Gettys and also Susan. I will say this, Parker. It's really again, and we'll talk about this. I have a th- I have a theory. All right, we'll talk about it. But I do think that it's really interesting. Kane being someone who owns. A newspaper and like actively lies to the readers. And then also as he's giving a political speech, he says, The first thing I'm gonna do when I'm president is lock up my <laughs> competitor. Yeah. And I was like, Wow. Hmm. Can't imagine anyone ever saying that as a key oh. part of their campaign in American politics. Can you? Nah, not really. Mm. Seems a bit outlandish if you ask Seems me. Seems really quite outlandish. Yeah. Um had that happened before this movie? Was there another candidate in history? That was like I'm going to imprison my, my. Like, I'm
1: sh- I'm sure it's my opposition. Come up before. I'm sure it has. Like it, it seems like a easy enough talking point. Oh yeah. But I'm I'm unfamiliar.
0: Yeah, I can think of one. Um. <laughs> anyway, so they go to the house and Gettys is there, and he's mm-hmm. like, um. Either drop out of the race, or all the other newspapers except yours will publish your infidelity. Yeah. And Kane's wife is like, I think I know what Charlie's chosen. Let's go. And then he goes, no. I'm staying here. And I'm like, you're staying there? What do you mean? Is that your house? Whose house is that? I presumed it was Susan's house or Kane's Susan's house. Susan's house, right? Yes, that's Susan's apartment. Okay.
1: But he's just, again, it's just, just his ego. He's yeah. just like, no, I'm
0: going to do this you can't bully me. I fully commit to everything that I do, except for mm. our marriage. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So he stays and Geddes is like, all right, you're yeah. an even dumber guy than I thought you were. I do Dummy. like that
1: scene where Geddes is walking out and Kane's just like yelling at him the whole way down and Geddes yeah. just isn't even like acknowledging yeah. him. He's I also just love like, that he okay. walks
0: out and Kane's wife is outside. And mm-hmm. she's, like, she's hearing the whole thing. And the guy, he's like, yeah. do you need a ride home? Do you have a car? And she's like, I have a car. And he's like, okay. And it's like, wow. Really embarrassing. Really embarrassing, Charlie. Like, it's that's rough. so, that's so embarrassing. And then they
1: they just kind of brush past it in the newsreel. And I don't think they revisit it again. That her and their child just die in a car crash later in <laughs> yeah. life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And okay, that's not, sure. yeah, it's in the newsreel. But they never really showed yeah, it's Charlie's never really like, reaction to it. Mm-mm. I hope it wasn't that night. It couldn't have been because the sun was in a different car. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Unless those two cars hit each other. (laughs) Oh, hey, you never know. You never know. It was a different time. Yep. Uh, okay. So then Charles puts all because he he loses all his political aspirations. So he builds an opera house in Chicago, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then he's like, "All right." Time which to put only costs eff- $3 million. Which only costs $3 million. And it's time to put all my time and effort into making my wife, my new wife, Susan Alexander, a star. Mm-hmm. And people don't like her. She's not great. No. They're really bored. And I love the detail of an audience member tearing up a program <laughs> and just like fiddling with it. And I was like, I've never thought to do that when I'm bored at a show. Yep. Isn't that, that does Leland do that or is that somebody else? I think it is Leland. Yeah. I think it's Leland. I think Leland's that. like yawn. Yeah. Yeah. Just love the detail of like tearing it that way. He like shreds it into like a little. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Charles is like, mm, and he claps a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then this is kind of like brushing past like a few other things. Uh, she's really mad um, mm-hmm. that the Inquirer would post such a mean thing. Little does yeah, she know. Yeah, because Leland
1: was not nice.
0: No, he was not nice. But little does she know that actually Kane wrote that because he right. shows up at the Inquirer with Bernstein and mm-hmm. Leland is passed out yeah. on his typewriter and Kane reads it and he goes, I'll go ahead and finish it for him. Mm-hmm. And then Leland comes to and he's like, huh, I guess I could never get past that past Kane. And Bernstein's mm-hmm. like, no, he's finishing it the way you were writing it. And Leland says that it was to, to prove something, right? Yeah. What was it to prove? I can't quite remember.
1: Well... <sighs> Because they get a letter, he sends a letter in reply, and I, I I guess this is afterwards, but it's told to us out of order, right? Like, right. she's upset about it, and there's a letter from Leland, and the only thing in it is that declaration of, like, uh, values or yeah, you know, principles.
0: principles. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I think it was just, like, him trying to be like, hey, look, like you could be doing a lot more with your time than trying yeah. to just prove everybody wrong about this mistake that you made. Right. And Kane doubles down on it instead. And, you know, he gives him kind of that false security of like, yeah, no, I'm finishing your review. Also get out of my office. Yeah. Like, you're gone. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's just kind of wraps that up for him and then tells him to leave. Um, and that's kind of the end of their Friendship, right? Like, I don't, think, yeah. I don't think they speak again.
0: I don't. Yeah, I don't think that they. There's any other stories that Leland tells because that is the no. end, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So at this point, Thompson talk is able to secure a conversation with Susan Alexander, right? Right. So he finally goes and talks to her, and she basically details the last few years amount mm-hmm. of time of Kane's life. Um, yeah. a lot of just being locking himself and Susan up in Xanadu. She does a lot of mm-hmm. jigsaw puzzles. He hates that. Yeah. There's one thing that Kane hates. It's jigsaw puzzles, you know. Um, and uh, yeah. Well, it's interesting that, too because
1: like they're arguing, and she's like, "I never see anybody," and he's like, "You had fifty people over last night. Half of them are still asleep in the west wing. Like, what are you talking about?" And mm. she's like, "Well, I don't go anywhere. Like, I'm stuck here, and you bring people to me, and I hate that." Yeah, I just think that that whole dynamic is interesting. Of just like. Again, it's not subtle, which is fine. But, you know, a whole uh, caged bird imagery throughout yeah. all of this, you know?
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, and so there's just kind of, that is a lot of the last little bit of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. There's not anything else that he's really up to?
1: Not really. Um, One thing I will shout out, uh, because I should be nicer to the movie, and I am trying to be nice to the movie, Uh, genuinely, like... An all- time great shot of cinema is when he's walking by the double mirrors, and it just
0: goes yeah. forever. yeah Unbelievable. yeah I'm just like it, it literally it's I've really seen good. it because despite our bit, I've seen it before yes and ever like this even on my third watch it still elicited a oh my God, like yeah. and there's so many there's so many shots in this movie that elicit that response for me of just like, oh my God, like yeah, yeah, you're doing it and there's
1: <laughs> there's one bit that like isn't played for comedy. It's not intentional at all, but it just like, it almost reads like a visual gag to me looking at it now of when he's talking to Susan while she's doing her jigsaw puzzle, there's sort of like a split diopter shot where she's really close to the camera and he's kind of in like the foreground, uh, you know, mid ground, I suppose. And in the background is this fireplace and you think it might be just some weird, like camera trick that the fireplace looks so huge. And then he walks back to the fireplace and you see that it's just massive. Like it's almost, it's like it's his height and like half that. And then it's just yeah. wide and huge. And I don't know what it is about like when he walks over the fireplace, it's just like, Oh yeah, no, it's just that big. It's just <laughs> that big of a
0: fireplace. And in, in, in like another context, that's like a really good visual gag. Totally. Right? Exactly. Totally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like in this it's not, but like just, just that no. reveal kind
1: of feels like gaggish to me.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And so then it just kind of gets to the point where she leaves him. Right. Mm-hmm. She's, she leaves him. She says the line I mentioned earlier. Um, and I really love this detail of like her leaving and that's the end of her story. Cause that's all she knows that happened. Right. Yeah. So we go, wow, what a wonderful, graceful exit by her. Who knows what happened next? I guess he died. Hmm. And then Thompson goes and talks to the worker at the, at Xanadu, like one of the workers. And he's like, no, yeah, he like wrecked everything. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we cut back to the day that Susan left, and he just tantrum, wrecks yeah. everything, just absolute like childlike destruction of just a space, just a, t- a full tantrum totally. of all of these things until he finds the glass ball. Is it a snow globe, or is it just a glass ball? It's a snow globe, I thought. It's a snow globe, right? Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, we zoom in, and it ties into the... Yeah, okay. Um, he picks up the snow globe, and then he's, he walks in, he says Rosebud in front of all of his workers. And then mm-hmm. he walks, and that's when we get the double mirror shot, which is amazing. Yep. And then I also love that we just go back to the interview, and the guy's like, yeah, and then he said it again when he died. And we're like, oh, we already saw that, so we don't need to see it again. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, one thing I will say about that opening shot is there's snow all over it, which I think is really interesting mm-hmm. and cool. I, yeah, I don't know. I just think that's interesting. How'd they do that? I love it. Yeah. Um, movie magic, I guess. Movie magic. Um, yeah, and then that's basically it. Thompson's at Xanadu. The crew are at Xanadu. Mm-hmm. Um, all of Kane's things are just laid out in like the giant foyer. And I actually will say that the movie does work for me on this level of at the end, I do get a sense of like, wow, I remember that. Hey, I remember that thing. And I mean, it's very mm-hmm. like on the nose, but being like reading the trophy and like picking up jigsaw puzzles and it's like, yeah, we got a ton of those. And I'm like, ha, huh, because Susan loved them. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's like, wow, I, I it's like very functional version of like, I recognize that thing. Therefore, I am satisfied by this. Right. Um, but I don't know. I just really like like measuring a man in all of the things that he has mm-hmm. after hearing all of these people talk about him and how uh, You heard complex. it here first,
1: folks. Max Benyon, a uh, materialist.
0: Now we are. Now we know. I <laughs> winked at the camera. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really like that. And then they're like, hey, Thompson, did you ever learn a rosebud, man? He goes, no. <laughs> they're like, mm. Maybe if we put all of these things together, they'd spell rosebud or spell, you know, cane or whatever, ha, 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 ha and then I just really like, they're like, well, what did you learn about him? And he goes, not much. I don't know. I just think that the ending really kills. I think it really is awesome. I love the ending of this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that pan over everything to Rosebud being thrown in the fire. Yeah. End of movie. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Barker, I do think it's really good. (laughs) I have never once said it's not. I know. In fact, last year you said that you love, how this movie looks. You think it's oh, totally. beautiful and very watchable and incredibly well-made. You just don't connect with it.
1: Yeah, that's that's where it lies for me. And nice. it was the same this time. It was, yes. I think, I gave it half a star more because I think I had it at three and then I gave it three and a half this mm-hmm. time around. Yes, Mostly because we've talked about it for a year off and on um, and compared so many other things to it and like coming back and revisiting it kind of allows for some space for it to exist a little bit more and kind of see where it lie in conject in, in connection with everything else. And I enjoyed it a little bit more on that aspect, but this is, I don't know what watch this is for me. I've watched this movie a lot in my life, um, yeah. just through doing a film studies minor and then going through film grad school. Like I've watched this movie a lot. I've taught this movie a lot and So I don't know what watch this is. We're probably at least in the, you know, at least a dozen times, if not more.
0: Um, Yeah. Because is this one that you watched in your bedroom mm -hmm. when you were? Yeah. yeah, Yep. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Watch this again. Same sort of thing. This was that whole, like, I probably saw this when I was like 13 or 14 for the first time. And then I've probably watched it every couple of years since for some reason or another. And it just like... I keep waiting for it to click with me, like, emotionally. I keep waiting for something about it to be like, oh, hey, this is, like, a masterpiece on every single level, not just technical, not just historical. And it just it hasn't quite gotten there for me yet. There's a lot I like about yeah. it. I think there's a lot interesting going on. I like... I like seeing like what I noticed this time around was the opening during the news on the March. I like the fact that Thatcher to like Congress can say he's a communist. And then the communist party in the street can say he's a fascist. And he says, I'm an American. Like that's his answer. Right. And I find that interesting. And I, I like seeing how a dude with pretty socialist ideals at the beginning of the movie kind of, gives way to being the heir apparent to capitalism as a system and how that influences him and his ideology. And I like that. I think it's interesting. I just wish it was just a little bit more engaging with how we got there. Right? Like I like the framing Mm. device. I like that we have the overview and then we get into like the macro view of everything. We view all of the individual pieces, even though we know how it ends. Right. But I always feel like I want to be closer into Kane and we can't because of the framing device, because we are always seeing him from mm. other people's recollections of him. Yeah. And I would have liked like in, in a perfect world again, I can't argue for a movie that doesn't exist because this isn't a right. movie, but like, yeah, what would make me engage with it more is just having some time to sit with Kane. Right. Like, Imagine if the social network was told entirely from Eduardo's point of view and the mm. Winkle Vi Twins point of view, and we never spent any like individual time with Mark. Mm. And I think it wouldn't work as well. I think what works about that movie is we have such close proximity to him and his yeah. humorous, right?
0: Is it? Yeah. I mean, another thing that comes to mind is like obviously Danny Boyle's Steve Jobs, written mm. by Aaron Sorkin, also very much... In Steve Jobs's headspace for a totally. lot of that, while still being from people's, you know, different people mm-hmm. interacting with him and seeing how they think of him, but then also I think of just F. Scott Fitzgerald's *The Great Gatsby*, which yeah. is you know, which features someone who's at a distance. We are never entirely within Gatsby's mind, however, because Nick Carraway is friends with him and is interacting with him directly. We can learn more directly from him, right? Whereas yeah. Citizen Kane is really interesting in that we are learning about this man and the fall of this man primarily through like second-hand and third-hand sources, <laughs> you know, like right. Like he, we never actually see him when he's alone entirely. Yeah. Right? Like we do see him, we see they play with it a little bit of like him applauding to Susan's performance, you know, mm-hmm. like feels like a very personal moment with him and is maybe one of the few that I feel like is actually giving us access to him and his thought process. And then obviously just Rosebud. Like those are the two – I feel like those are the two real moments for me where I'm like he's not saying anything to anyone in particular. Mm -hmm. In one of the scenes he doesn't even say anything. It's all through how he looks and responds to Susan's performance in that scene and then also by him saying Rosebud. And then the movie is clearly – just giving us a hint at the end by burning Rosebud, by revealing what Rosebud means, we are supposed to leave the movie pondering that question, pondering, mm-hmm. well, what, what did Rosebud mean to him? Was it a, a sense of like his mother's love, which yeah. he you know never really lost, but was just kind of forfeited from his life. Mm-hmm. Was it, you know, is it a sense of childhood innocence? Is it the one thing that he was never really able to get back? Or do you read it as Rosebud was in his giant collection of things, but he had no idea because it was lost in all of the nonsense, right? Like, yeah. Which is something that my brain went to this time on this watch.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that as well, of like the question of is that the actual robot, Rosebud? Did he get one made because he just right. was nostalgic and wanted that feeling? Like, I like the idea of over the years... He's just accumulated all of these things, and some of them are from his personal life, and he doesn't even know that they exist because they just get lost in the shuffle, right? right? I do. I like that read a lot, yeah. and I I agree with you that like it's
0: we get a couple of those moments, and I just think, but it is. I do want to say I'm not trying to say that as an argument to how you're feeling. I think that mm-hmm. your connection or lack thereof is completely valid. Anyway, Thanks. Sorry. Appreciate Go ahead. It.
1: No, just just kind of jumping off that point, but I just. I think if we had a bit more of that, then I could find my way into this movie. Cause like a movie we're going to be looking at later this year, which I'm very excited about is like Lawrence of Arabia. And that movie I think toes this line really well, where we Mm. see how everybody else views him and he kind of becomes this monolithic mythic character. But we also spend a lot of time with Lawrence and we see how he views himself and I'll be very interested when we get to that one later this year to see kind of what your thoughts are in relation yeah. to King. Because I think I think that movie does everything I'm wanting this movie to do as far as like getting me invested in a, flaw, a flawed character that I really shouldn't be caring about very much.
0: Yeah. my My movie that I'm really excited to look at that feels so similar to this, and I think these two movies on the calendar right now are within like maybe a week or two of each other, is There Will Be Blood. Which I think mm-hmm. is also a very interesting execution of a very similar Kane character. Yeah. Um. And kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm excited for Lawrence of Arabia. I'm excited for those. There's a little look ahead for you all. Those are later yeah, in the year. Don't go. expect yeah. those anytime soon. Yeah, suit, but, those
1: we got some time on those,
0: but. but we have we have a really good lineup this year. But I will yeah. say that Wells himself, in a 1941 statement, explained that in his, uh, of Kane in his subconscious about Rosebud. Sorry, in his subconscious, it represented the simplicity, the comfort, above all, the lack of responsibility in his home, and also it stood for his mother's love, which Cain never lost. And that's from Wells in 1941. Mm -hmm. I have never gotten that sense. I mean, mother's love ties into the idea of, like, maybe he misses, like, that path that he could have taken. Like he says, I think I could have been a great man if I wasn't rich, if this hadn't happened to me. Mm -hmm. But his mother really doesn't come up again. No. You know? Again, Um, if that
1: is, if that is the linchpin, if that is entirely how we feel about it, then there should be some sort of callback to that, right? There should be a setup and a payoff. We should be coming back to, okay, yeah, like, you could have something where, and this is maybe too on the nose, but I'm just thinking out loud of, like, versions of how you could kind of spin this, of, like, the demarcation line of, like, Kane's L period you know His losing era <laughs> right. Could just be the loss of his mother Like she officially dies and like yeah. Maybe maybe you establish that they've Kept up or, some sort of rapport right. As he's or gotten
0: older The death of his son and his wife Brings up some emotions right? for him But again I think we are Kind of towing into the line of What would we do if we made Citizen yeah. Kane um, So I do want to hold it As clearly the movie is just trying to Make us ponder that question Right. I don't think it is a lack or a failure on the movie's part necessarily of I don't think that they forgot to put in a scene where Kane No, it's intentionally very it's vague. It's intentionally vague. Um so holding it up to that, I think we can talk about how well we Let's do the criteria, but we're doing it a little differently this week. Okay. Do you have any other thoughts on Citizen Kane that you want to mention?
1: Um no, that was pretty much it. What about you?
0: Okay. Yeah, I think I'm good to hop into this. Okay. Um so, like, historical and technical relevance. It's the Citizen Kane of movies. <laughs> it is. Sure. It is clearly incredibly well made. It's really impressive that it is a group of people who had never been in a motion picture before. First-time director. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Wells had been doing things like this for a really long time. He'd been doing radio. He'd been a painter. He'd done all this stuff, right? Sure. He was 25. Ugh. Um we try not to focus on that too much. <laughs> yeah. Brush past it. Move on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, obviously it's examining the life and legacy of Charles Foster Kane, who is, like, a conglomerate of, like, definitely William Randolph Hearst and, John, mm-hmm. like, Joseph Pulitzer, but, like, also some Chicago tycoons. Um, but it's definitely, like, Mankiewicz kind of taking Hearst to task. Um, you know, I do want to bring this up because I just think this is fun. Um, Production advisor Miriam Geiger uh, did compile a film textbook for Wells as Wells was prepping to direct. Um, mm-hmm. And he taught himself filmmaking by matching visual vocabulary to like, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which yeah. I saw for the first time. Uh, basically, the first time I really paid attention to it this year, this mm-hmm. last year. Um, as well as like films by Frank Capra, Rene Claire, Fritz Lang, King Fedor, Jean Renard. Like, clearly, obviously, people that are all taught in film school. like Sure. I don't know. I just think that's interesting, and then interesting. I do. I do think that this movie is interesting historically. When we talk about, when we talk about historical relevance, I think it's interesting to look at this movie as what the AFI calls it, which is the greatest American film of all time. Mm-hmm. And obviously, this whole podcast is interrogating whether that is true. Right. But I will say that this movie, despite being over eighty years old, does hold up remarkably well as a portrait of like the corruption that America elicits and kind of responds to and supports. Right. Yeah. Of like a man with socialist values who is owned by a bank. Yeah. (laughs) Buys a newspaper. And then it's about like how he eventually uses that to kind of spread his opinions and his lies in a way, corrupting Mm -hmm. the media. And then he runs for, you know, governor and is like threatening to imprison his political opponents. Um, it's again, we mentioned the Alexander Hamilton of it all, of like yeah. that. And then, like, him talking about how news is 24 hours, so news should be 24 hours is impressively, you know, prescient, cog- precognitive, you know, prescient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of like, yeah, that did happen. And I do think that this movie does kind of will always be relevant to America as long as America is fighting between socialism and fascism through capitalist society about opulence we reward kind of dismissive behavior of world events where he's like, no war's not going to happen. Just believe in me, you know? Yeah. Like all of it. And like, even just like him marrying a president's niece and like how, like, yeah, by, by, by like referencing and parodying all of these like 20, like late 1800s, like early 1900s tycoons and media, you know, men like, it's unfortunate that that does mean that this movie will always be relevant because America really hasn't changed at all. No. And that's what I will say for Kane's historical relevance is that we talk a lot about like, well, there are movies that have come out that are also relevant. Yes, that is true. But I do want to hold space, like you said. Hold space. <laughs> I want to hold space for Citizen Kane. Yeah. But, definitely. you know, like you said, let's be nice to the movie yeah. that this podcast is about. It does do a good job of making itself eternally relevant by focusing on... Totally the like greatest and eternal sins of America. Yeah. Not to sound super, um, you know, pompous. (laughs) Sure.
1: And the thing to, to remember is that like, again, by the nature of the way the show is structured, it's a lot of us bringing stuff in that we really like or want to look at and comparing it. And when you run in film circles for so long, you just, you just hear about this movie all the time. Right. Yeah. And so that's part of the structure of the show is just like, okay, there's a lot more to cinema than just Citizen Kane,
0: right? Exactly. Yes.
1: But the thing to keep in mind and remember is that if we hated this movie, we would have just given up this framing device ages ago. We would have changed the show. We would have just said, you know... This was fun, but I can't I can't think about Citizen Kane every 2 weeks. I can't do yeah. it. Like genuinely, yeah. we have to just scrap the show and make something different. We'll just talk about movies that we want to talk about. I don't like if if we were doing is is it better like better than Forrest Gump? I I would have thrown my mic away by now. There's no way you could possibly get me to think about that movie every 2 weeks. I can't do right. it. I yeah. I refuse. But like this movie, like, it, 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 it has enough of a connection, of a level of respect that you and I give it that, like, it's worth coming back to and it's worth comparing it other things to, right? Like, yes. genuinely, like, it. I like the movie enough that we have structured an entire podcast around this movie. <laughs> Like, I like the movie. I do like the movie. I don't love the movie, and I don't think I'm ever gonna love the movie. But it's... In the same way that, like, Kane himself as a character is this sort of larger-than-life figure within, like, American society, the film Citizen Kane is that to film history, right? It's become... This monomyth, this huge, untouchable object. And I think it provides a really great springboard to be looking at other movies and comparing them and saying, hey, here's some things we think this movie does better than Citizen Kane. Here's some stuff that Citizen Kane is doing obviously better than these movies. And I think that those comparisons, like that's, that's why my rating went up a little bit because by comparing it to other movies for a year, there were more things that stood out to me this time of like, Oh, these are really well done elements that maybe I take for granted when I watch exclusively really great movies. And then sometimes I watch movies that aren't so great. I'm like, I miss citizen Kane, (laughs) (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I genuinely believe that like, hmm, what was I going to say? I don't know. Who knows? Groundbreaking. Who knows what I'm, sure. I'm gonna say? That's what makes this podcast so great is you never know what I'm gonna. I'll say you, anything.
1: Never, you never know. He'll say anything. Anything come out of that mouth.
0: Um Yeah, I just think that it is a good movie, but also I think it's important to invite other movies into the room. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little odd to say, well, that's the greatest film of all time. We don't even need to question it. Yeah. I think it's important to question it. I think it's important to look at 80 years of film history, also world history. We have some movies from other places in the world this year um, Mm -hmm. that I think are also really fun to look at compared to Citizen Kane because every movie is doing a different thing. That's one of my favorite realizations we had last year was like, well, not every movie is trying to be better than Citizen Kane. Most movies aren't. Most Mm -hmm. movies are just trying to do what they're doing, which is why I think it's important that second question of like, well, how, you know, how well is it doing what it's trying to do? I think Citizen Kane is doing what it's trying to do very well. Mm. I think I just don't. Necessarily think it's the best all the time. Yeah. But I think that, as like, you know, pulling off opening with the death of your main character Mm -hmm. and then showing a newsreel that tells you everything that happened in his life and then still finding a way to make that interesting for the next like hour or and a half is really, that's cool. That's awesome for 1941. I think that all the stuff that it did technically is really great. I think that it clearly is a very well-made film. I think it did that very well. And I think that I think that in it does leave you pondering what Kane was thinking when he said Rosebud, which I do mm. think is kind of the ultimate goal of the movie. Is just what do you think Rosebud means? And there's a reason that people have been discussing it for 80 years. Right. No, I don't know. I think I think that's fair. I think that Citizen Kane does what it's doing. Very well. Does that mean I'm going to look back at our list from last year and change the rankings? Not at all. No. <laughs> no. Because those are locked in place in time, and I mostly agree. <laughs> yeah. Those are immovable. Um, those are immovable. That's where those they are, are, those
1: are in Those are in the Better Than Citizen Kane vault, which we close every year, and then yep. we open it back up at the end of every year, and we shuffle yep. things around, and we move the new ones in, and then we leave it, and it goes back into cryogenic uh, stasis. Yes. Yeah. For
0: the year. It's it's a it's a it's an annual process. Exactly. But I think if we open that vault door too many times, it falls off its hinges and what's the point? Exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then just obviously you've said that, you know, you don't completely connect with it. I connected with it a little bit more this time. I was like, wow, this is saying a lot about America.
1: I can't wait for you to make your first million and then be like, man, I connect with this movie so much now. I get it. I understand. I understand Kane.
0: I mean, apparently, allegedly, it's one of Trump's favorite movies. And I'm like, all right, man. (laughs) (laughs) He really connects with Kane. He's like, this guy gets it. Of course.
1: (laughs) Somebody who fundamentally misunderstands the movie in every aspect just says, oh, rich guy. Hey, that's me. He's just like me for real.
0: Oh, he's just like me for real. I love this. This is great. I love rich Infidelity.
1: guys. Wonderful. Oh, oh, oh. You, you know I like Don't mind that. if I do.
0: So, yeah, wow, he, he talks like that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that I'm talks? not I'm not going to do a terrible Trump impression <laughs> no, on Mike. Are you kidding it's me? It's just really funny to imagine him being like, oh, oh, oh. don't yeah. mind if I do. Hmm. <laughs> anyway. Trump
1: by way of Tom Baker.
0: Yeah, great. Good.
1: Good. Great. <laughs>
0: Uh, Uh, What is your favorite part of Citizen Kane, Parker? hmm. What's your favorite moment or thing that happened or whatever?
1: It is a Uh, silly, simple thing. Yes. But I really love... After the news on the march, with the scene with the reporters, that it is lit in such a way that you can only see from neck down. Yeah. I, just, I think it's a fun little it's a fun little noir film yes. choice that we yeah. never get a good look at Ralston's face, you know, right. the boss, he's just yeah. there. And' it's, that lighting doesn't make any sense for the space that they're in. There's no, no. reason you would not be yeah. able to see his face, but you can't. And I just yeah. like that stylistic choice. And that's a lot. how the
0: world works. Yeah. Yeah. I do think it's interesting to just kind of distance ourselves from Thompson as well. I think last year I talked about how interesting it would be to kind of know Thompson a little better too. Mm-hmm. This year, whatever. I don't care. To hell with Thompson this year. We got to hell we don't with Thompson. Care. Whatever. He's just a video game protagonist. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's just there to walk us around. Sure. Um, oh my God. Did Citizen Kane invent first person video games? What? Whoa. Anyway, um, I think my favorite part, hmm, my favorite part is when Thatcher goes, "It would be fun to buy to run a newspaper," and then he looks at me. I love it when he. I love it when he looks at me and goes, "Oh." I love this like cartoonish montage of headlines that he's just like. "Mm." I think that's really funny. Yep. All right, that's that's it. Citizen Kane: A Return to Citizen Kane.
1: Citizen Kane. Kane. Citizen Kane Revisited.
0: Yeah, better than. Citizen Kane? <laughs> wow, Only time will knows. tell. Only time will tell. Um, great. Well, next week, uh, Jean Dillement. Yep. Wonderful.
1: Look forward to that.
0: Yeah. And of another year of wonderful movies to watch. A brand Except new year, one. folks. Except for one. Except for decidedly one of them. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Right. Thanks for listening. Right. Bye. Thanks, folks.